What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Everyday Hustle podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Adam Ali. Today, I have a guest. Her name is Marina Victoria. I've known her for almost a decade, maybe longer. And uh, she is a co-owner of a barbershop out in Toronto. It's a very unique barbershop. She's, she's, she's an amazing individual, and I'm excited to have Marina here. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Adam. And I'm pretty sure it's like more than 14 years that I've known you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Since you were long. like a little kid and myself. Yeah. You know what? I went back to my old ways with my long hair. You probably met when I had long hair, right? I think so. I think I've seen you like both ways. Okay. Yeah. Even when you colored your hair. I, I colored that. my hair? <laughs> yeah. What? Yes. Remember at my barbershop? <laughs> What? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. I did like a blondey brown, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, perhaps in like sixty seconds or so, kind of give a rundown of who you are, what you do, and again, thank you for being here. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, first of all, thanks for asking me to be here. It's such an honor. Um, so a little bit about myself. I grew up in Ukraine um, in uh, very humble beginnings, right? Um, where I grew up, we basically had, you know, one washroom, one kitchen between like five families. Um, wow. And I, I know, <laughs> I honestly don't talk about it because I used to feel very embarrassed by it, but um, it made me who I am. When I came to Canada, when I was nine years old, um, I obviously didn't speak any English. I didn't have any friends, but straight from the airport, my mom took me to a Chinese buffet. And that was the first time I've truly in my entire life experienced abundance and what this world can actually offer. <laughs> that was like the beginning of my journey of me realizing how much abundance this world really has. And so, um, you know, forward to today, my partner and I, who's also my husband, Francis, we have a Cadment Barbershop. It's officially a franchise now, um, as of a few weeks ago. Um, so we are going to be expanding into multiple uh, locations, regions as a franchise. We also have um, a Cadman Clinic. Uh, so this is a hair loss clinic uh, where we also do IV drips, jawline enhancements, Botox, uh, and we have a team of professional nurses. As well, we have a Cadman Online Barber Academy that we're launching at the end of this month. And we have uh, Cadman Apparel. We have uh, a team of 20 plus people now so yeah that's where we are today very awesome shout out to francis me and him went to school together you recently had a a, a child right yes we have a three-year-old so oh three years. It, yes yes amazing i thought it was very important to get you on today's podcast because a lot of my listeners supporters are come to me asking me sometimes around you know brick and mortar locations opening up a, a store i don't think i'm an expert in that space because majority of my, my my businesses my operations are digital so that's why i felt marina was perfect to to come here congratulations on franchising um i definitely Thank think you. we should talk about that you know maybe if it's not today but um, I'm I'm always intrigued around people who open up brick and mortar. I think it's very gutsy. You're gonna and very risky. 
um, but to, to go full throttle with it and now to get to a point where you're franchising, clearly you're doing some, um, you're doing the work and it's, and it's working out for you guys. But I wanted to come from the angle of branding to start off. Um, I've noticed your branding has, uh, I've always loved your branding. It's clean. Thank um, you. But how do you come up with your branding for your brick and mortar um, stores? And like, what's kind of your thought process around it? I would love to, to just get your, your thoughts about branding. Yeah. So I think uh, first things first, um, you have to have a vision, right? So before you do any business, um, what's your vision? What's your goal with it? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, you know, our vision is to was to basically expand by creating long term opportunities for senior barbers. Um, as well as offer them, you know, franchise ownership. Um, my vision was also to have a place where clients come in. There's uh, minimum waiting times, almost no times uh, where they're waiting. Uh, it's a clean place. They feel good, right? So my vision of that we're working around is like the client always has to feel a certain way right they have to feel uplifted they have to feel good they have to feel confident um, and so how do we incorporate that feeling into also like creating the space that enhances that feeling and so usually you work with like you know white um, bright colors that uplift uh, the way clients feel and so uh, what I did was I sat down with the entire team um, we have like a full marketing team now, but especially our graphic designer when we were going through the rebranding and I told them the vision, how I want the client to feel, how I want to expand this brand. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of went from there, but it all starts around the client and your vision. You said that you had a, you have a marketing team. Is that internal or do you kind of outsource that work? both so we have full-time and then we have a bunch of work that we outsource but we but we started off doing uh just like anyone who starts a business doing everything ourselves yeah 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 and then we started outsourcing a little bit here and there and now we're lucky enough where i don't have to deal with marketing i just have to keep the vision on point and yeah 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 um i think you nailed something here which is how do you want people to feel and i usually take that um that route as well and i think that 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 statement kind of transfers to even on the digital space uh, and, and what i mean by that is when i'm creating even content whether that's video imagery i try my very best to think about how do i want people to feel because it's it's cool it's it's easy to just create cool things but there's there's a bunch of cool things right so the question always comes back to how do you want to make people feel with you know whatever you have to provide and i feel like that's usually missed out and myself i i i, I tend to forget that too because sometimes I'm just in the, I just get into the motion of just creating content and, you know, just pumping co content out that you, you have to take a step back and realize, okay, I'm putting this content out. Uh, how do I want people to feel about it and then work from there? So I, I love that you think about, you know, how you want people to feel um, in, in regards to, you know, when it comes to your branding. 
Exactly. And, uh, you know, there's a huge difference, uh, especially when you have a physical location Mm -hmm. between customer service and customer experience, right? Customer service is saying, you know, welcome, thank you, etc. Right. Versus customer experience is, you know, the vibe that they get and the feeling that they walk away with. Um, You know, people always remember how you make them feel. right and people are very emotional and so if you actually look at our reviews the number one word that pops up is great vibes right and that's Mm -hmm. a part of my training um all the team members are on the same page it's always about creating the right vibe where people feel good totally yeah so what what would you say is your biggest hurdle running your brick and mortar store like how many years did it take for you to begin franchising, expanding? Like, what did you need to do to iron out all of these hurdles? What are some of the hurdles you currently face now? Uh, I'd love to just, you know, bring that to light so that people are aware of potential obstacles that will likely arise or to think about. So when you first open a physical location, there are literally like a million hurdles that you have to go through, right? Um, For me personally, uh, the number one thing that you have to be able to do when you first open is wear multiple hats. Mm -hmm. So you are now playing 10 roles. You're a market you're an accountant you're the skill whatever it is it could be like a baker a barber whatever the skill is you're that skill you're a receptionist you're the maintenance guy um, you're basically everything under the sun and uh, that was my biggest challenge um, thank I God could, for I could YouTube super, I could super <laughs> relate to that I wear every hat to, to every of my operation and it's funny because I was talking to someone the other day and I was like telling them like I would literally pay someone a hundred K if they could just be exactly like me. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly just like me. I feel like and that's the problem too. Like I can't I maybe I don't trust people, but like I have a pulse on every little thing from the accountant side to the, like I'm coaching my editors and you guys are professional editors. Like I'm telling them exactly what needs to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I totally understand wearing multiple hats. Yes. So trust me, I get it. I've been there and um, I've been in that place for a very long time. And it's not until I started to delegate and just empower my team in order to make decisions for me like they know the vision um just make the decisions that's gonna help us grow help the team grow and i just kind of let them run with it and that's when i started to not only have more work-life balance but i started to see growth expansion people are happier right um Mm -hmm. but i think every entrepreneur and business owner has to pass through that milestone and most of us are very particular right like i i was telling my best friend i wish i could multiply myself 10 times because i would have like 20 different companies now right? yeah, yeah. but we can't do that the second biggest hurdle 
when you have a physical location is the maintenance, the time and the cost. You don't understand how time consuming and expensive it is to maintain a place, right? Um, something breaks all the time. You have raccoons, you have power going out, you have sink leaking. Um, it's just an ongoing maintenance thing. And you also have to incorporate that into your budget. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, especially when you're starting out physically being there right one of the beautiful things about going digital is uh you don't have a physical location where you have to wake up drive to and you have to be on time because google says you're open on time right um so that's another hurdle um but the biggest challenge that i probably had when opening our second barbershop location is the landlord um it's crazy how the landlord can literally make or break your business. And really? it's something that people don't know until they're in the situation. So if, if there's one word of advice that I would give from personal experience is if you are opening a physical location, make sure it's with a big company that has a property management company in place so both of my locations one of them runs very smoothly almost never any problems because it's by a big corporation and they know how to maintain as soon as something uh happens they're they're like on the day of it's fixed no problems the second location is uh a building owned by just a regular guy who owns a bunch of properties he does not care right so um and it's like day and night dealing with landlords to the point like where i almost left a few times just because i just couldn't work with him um for example like we had raccoons and he expected me to pay to patch up his building <laughs> If there's one advice that I can give when you open a physical location, make sure it's with a big corporation that has a professional property management team in place. I like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I never I, I would have never thought about that. But yeah, sometimes we try to cut corners in the beginning because, you know, you're trying to save as much money uh, to launch that you, you tend to just focus on getting any place that's, you know, that has a lower overhead costs but then there's the back end cost of it all and the stress behind it you know a lot of time we don't equate for stress yeah i mean stress that's caused oh my god oh a hundred percent a hundred percent i think that uh especially when you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business you know um you know a lot of people kind of bash nine to five but it's like a dream to work nine to five, especially when you're working um, for yourself, because in the beginning you're working like 24 seven, right? Absolutely. Shout out to all the nine to fivers. Um, you, you, what you guys do is incredible as well. Um, just wanted to give a shout out to them. You know, sometimes being an entrepreneur and just hearing all this conversation, you might think like you're, you know, you're doing um, something wrong, but everyone chooses their way of, you know, their pathways and that, and that's fine too. No, no one is better than the next. It's all about, you know, a balancing act. And I feel like if a nine to five rule allows you to live a balanced life, which people never think about, people just think about the dollar, the bank, 
but mm-hmm. their life is unbalanced and you can't put a dollar on that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. might have all of the you know material stuff, but the stress, the the unhealthiness of things and is is a load. Anyhow, uh, I don't want to get too emotional. Uh, what does a typical day look like for Marina at uh, at the shop and just running your businesses? Yeah, so um, I'm lucky enough now where I've delegated uh, the operations of each location. I don't go in there every single day like I used to. Um, you know, today I wake up and I every single day looks very different because when you have a growing company, there's always unexpected things that happen. And unfortunately, there's no guide to it. There's no schedule to it. Things happen. I have to deal with it right away. I have to train this person, retrain this person, hire, you know, so it's always different. Um, however, since we're talking about, you know, like uh, running a physical location, um, when I used to go in there, I would say I used to go in there six times a week, sometimes seven uh, when we first opened and I would do everything myself. Right. Okay. And that was one of the biggest um that's it's not a mistake at first you have to establish your operations Mm -hmm. you have to put in the the work and energy to understand should be running how you want it to run in order to put all of the processes on paper and be able to train someone on it so i did that for the first two years i kept improving the processes i even came up with scripts right okay listen when you say say it this way um the client doesn't take it well let's try changing it up and so you have to fine tune your entire business and operations so that you can later delegate it Right. Um, And that's exactly what I did for the first two years. I came in almost um, every single day and I've done everything myself. I wrote everything myself. Oh, sorry. With my partner, of course. Right. But in terms of business, um, I pretty much did everything myself in the beginning. And then uh, I knew exactly how how I wanted it. And when I established the operations to be exactly how I wanted it, then I put it on paper and then I started training everyone else on it. And so when I'm not there, everyone is trained um, to run it the way it's supposed to. Got it. Awesome. Now, you mentioned you, you opened up a, a new location, which brings me to the question of like, how do you fund expansion or even how did you fund the initial one? Like, I, I'd love to learn uh, or not learn, but I'd love to just get an idea of you know, how do you fund things? Are you saving it? Yeah. Are you doing, did you have a side job in the beginning? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I had a job since I was 11 years old. Right. Um, obviously when you come from a place where there was zero opportunity to a place where there's like millions of opportunities, you just have to, you know, go get it. Um, I started working when I was 11 years old. I remember lying on my resume that I was 12 in order to do newspapers. And, um, I, my mom taught me how to save. And so, um, Um, at the time who's now my husband Francis but at the time we started dating um, I had a you know a decent savings account Um, and so what happened was we were looking to buy a place to live in and um, at the time he actually split up with his partner right because Francis had a barbershop uh, with somebody else 
And we basically were like, hey, why don't we just put this money instead into opening a barbershop? I'm going to, you know, quit my corporate job and uh, we're just going to, you know, build this empire together. And that's exactly what we did. Um, the second location, we were able to take out a bank loan, right? Um, so a lot of people usually ask, well, why don't you use the profits from the first location in order to fund the second one? So we did that partially. However, all the profits that we were making from the first location, I was reinvesting it back into the business, whether it was hiring educators, whether it was rebranding, um, whether it was uh, the lawyers, right, or coaches to establish the franchise. And so uh, at the time, we were already so established as a business and we had a great financial track record. It was very easy for us to take out a bank loan at low interest and open a second location. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, clearly you guys had good bookkeeping to allow you to support um, the idea to get a good, um, to get another loan, I mean, to get a loan. So um, that's what's up. You know, if, if you were going to get, like, what's the question, I guess, a lot of people ask you when it comes to, um, you know, opening up their brick and mortar or how to expand. Like, what's an advice you would give to someone tuned in right now? You're, you're, you know, what's a secret or something like that, um, Marina? Yeah, so I actually have uh, a lot of advice, right? But I'll kind of narrow it down. Um, usually, like, so, you know, like a lot of entrepreneurs, they paint uh being your own boss as such a lavish amazing mm -hmm. life but the reality is 90 percent of all businesses fail in the first five years and that's because it's not what people think and so my first question is like why are you doing it right like what's your purpose is it just to say that you work for yourself right and just to show people because that's the wrong reason and you're better off However, if you have passion, if you see a need on the market and you think that, you know, you can bring something unique to clients, definitely go for it. Just know that everything you think is going to happen is probably going to be 90% different and just flow like water, <laughs> you know, towards your goals. Um, the second thing I wanted to mention is a, a mistake that I see a lot and that's partnerships. So what you'll see a lot is people partnering up with people that have the same skills as them. For example, uh, two barbers coming together to open a barbershop, right? And this is a mistake because there's nobody there to run the business, right? You're opening with a partner that has the same skill as you right what's the purpose of that you need to open a business with a partner that has all the other skills that you don't for example a barber with a business person right so you have the skill and then you have the business side now it makes sense um so that's the other thing to keep in mind um and also if if i could go back and redo anything i would definitely get mentors off the bat like I literally learned and went through so many mistakes that I could have avoided. And I feel like we could have franchised a lot faster 
had I had the right mentors and coaches along the way that have already been there, I already did that, right? And if there is like one place, if you have the money or actually make the money to get a coach, just trust me, you're going to make it back tenfold. Got it. These are awesome. Um, I hope everyone who's tuned in uh, found these this conversation uh, valuable. You guys can follow Marina across social media. Everything in the description. Um, thank you again for stopping by and just sharing your experience and giving us tips around opening up a, a brick and mortar. Um, I certainly. Had a lot of good um, light bulb moments in our conversation, so thank you so much, uh, Marina. Yeah, thanks for having me, Adam. So, if you are opening your own physical location or you have one, I s- highly suggest reading a book. It's called E Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. It is one of the best books that you can read uh, because it really teaches you the you're going through right now and exactly what you need to do in order to get to the next level. Awesome. I'll put that link in the description. Thank you, Marina. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode here at the Everyday Hustle. Be sure to follow the podcast and follow Everyday Hustle on YouTube. We're out. Peace. Really hope you enjoyed today's podcast here at the Everyday Hustle. Subscribe and follow the podcast. Be sure to tune into the videos on youtube.com slash everyday hustle. Stay humble, stay hustling. Catch you guys on the next episode right here at the Everyday Hustle.